everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Light Through the Shadows podcast with me, your host, Jonathan Burton. So thank you. Welcome to another episode. Um, I wanted to bring this one to a wider audience, and this one is looking at how men's work saved my life. Now, this could sound like a slightly grandiose title, but in some respects, it really did, or it's a big part of uh, the healing that I went through that really did have a major impact and dramatic impact in making me feel a lot happier, connected, grounded and with it in life. And um, I don't know where I'd be without it today, really. Um, it's given me so much. It's given me a wonderful group of friends that still in touch with that we met last week and that we're still in touch with and we communicate regularly. It's given me uh, a supportive network where I can truly and honestly be myself with other people, warts and all, not just the good stuff, the successful stuff, but the, the other stuff, the hard stuff, the when you're struggling, when I'm struggling, when I don't feel great, living with grief, with fear, um, with anxieties and vulnerabilities and having a, a captive, uh, interested and helpful and compassionate audience to hear my ills and for me to hear, hear their ills and hear how that person really is. And so this is what men's group has given me all this and much, much more. So let's let's rewind it a bit. Um, let's just give a, an insight into what men's work is. So for me, men have been meeting in circle, um, in tribes. You might have the leaders or the shamans um, of a certain tribe going back millennia, I'm sure, thousands of years, where men would meet in circle. No women, just men. And they would speak what they need to speak. They'd speak their business. They'd speak about what's going on for them. They might speak of the health of the tribe, the progression of the tribe, what's coming next, what do they need to do, what they need to fortify. Do they want to take more land? Do they want to be more warriors and and uh, build their empire, so to speak? And so this is what men do. Men, men, I think men prosper um, and work well when working in harmony and unison in circles when speaking together. And so bringing this idea forward back up to the 20th and the 21st century, um, the idea of men and living healthily and living your whole self with other people, I think, has been much lost in society. I think we live in a certain, in a world now where men are fearful to show their true emotions, fearful to show their vulnerabilities, fearful to show their weakness. Um, just, just a lot of fears, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of stock placed, at least in the mainstream culture, mainstream society, on men being strong and being role models and being providers, uh, and being everything they're doing, having six packs and being great dads, and being active, uh, having lots of friends. And I know the reality for most men is not like that at all, but it seems that's the ideal we need to live up to. Men, men, men need to be invulnerable. They need to be invincible almost, and if they're not, there's something deficient in them. So I think that's where we are now. And I think that the modern men's scene, from my uh, understanding, kicked off again in the 60s and 70s, I think in America, when men started to form in circles together. They didn't want this idea that you had to be X, Y, Z in society, you had to be invulnerable, you had to be invincible. They, they, they knew that something was awry, something was amiss with this common misconception or this common conception in society. So these groups started opening up in America, I think it was around the 70s, where men would meet together and share all they had to share. Now this could be, they might be having a great time in their life to be able to share those wins, those successes. 
Or they might be having a tough time, perhaps, with the personal relationship, with their career, with their health, with friendship, with many of the other things that happen, the nuances of life that come up, the things that we struggle with, the things that are annoying or frustrating or the things that leave us unhappy. And men would meet in these circles and it would be led by a facilitator. Normally, I would say, in my experience, between eight to ten men, sometimes more on, on online, which we'll get to in a bit. But these people, they would meet in circle, perhaps in a hall, in someone's house, and be led through by a facilitator. And normally, the classic introduction for uh, any, any men's circle is a check-in. And it's kind of how you are right now. What are you feeling? What are you going through? What's live for you is a great question. And that man, each individual man is given a chance to speak into what is really burning for him at the minute. Now it might be a very strong burn, might be something that's really pissed him off or really he's really struggling with, or he might feel quite light and quite jolly, a lot of joy there. And he might be feeling, well, I'll just have a conversation. But uh, irrespective of what's going on with that man, the forum is there to be yourself. And these forums would contain normally men that are willing to look into themselves, to share themselves, and to share and be with others in a compassionate sense, to hear people out. And also, which I think is very important, something I'm realising now, is not that just that compassion, but that warrior nature to be able to call a man out when he's out of alignment as well, in the most heartfelt and loving way possible, is to be able to help that man. Sometimes that man really needs to hear something that he's not listening to or he's not seeing. And that, that deep honesty, that warrior honesty based in love, grounded in love and compassion is perhaps what that the, 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 that man would need to hear or needs to hear to really shift things with his dilemmas. And so let's bring it forward again. So we're in the 21st century now, in 2022. Um, it, I can see men's work is slowly flourishing. I see lots of men's work, men's retreats, men's groups popping up. It's becoming more and more popular. And I think this is only a, a brilliant thing for me. If I can make one recommendation from this podcast episode is that men join a men's group, wherever it is, even if it's online or in person, if you live in a town or the countryside, I'm sure there'll be one in your nearest big city. Um, or if not, make your own one. That's what I did, which I'll get into in a bit. Um, I find them incredibly helpful forums to stay calm and connected and grounded, clear the detritus in my head sometimes um, and just let shit just let shit out really for want of a better phrase um, that's why they're so brilliant um, so let, let's kind of moving on let's give a bit of a, a, a what is and, and the whys of men's groups um, let's move forward now I'll, I'll share a bit of my own journey with uh, with men's work so in 2018 I was having what I can only term as awakenings or deeper awarenesses into the reality of life. I know that sounds a bit mad, but it truly what it felt like. It started with getting into trauma release or tension and trauma release exercises in January 2018. I also got a Reiki one achievement, which helped in other ways. So things and I was also, I think I was 35 or 36 then. So things were beginning to open up. Midlife was coming in. I was evaluating my future and I found these two brilliant tools, Reiki. And TRE and things were beginning to lift from me I, I, I always kept myself quite apart from the crowd I've never released my vulnerabilities and I started to realize at that time now it's very self-evidently that the fear was the path and whenever there was fear for me that's where I really need to, need to look into or the, the common phrase the obstacle is the path so that become it was becoming a bit clearer to me in 2018 um, and around the time, myself and my partner, we started to go to conscious festivals, which were drug and alcohol-free festivals, where the, the 
the main essence is connection with other people, sober connection and meeting like-minded people, meeting your tribe or my tribe, which would be conscious, healing people, people that really want to do good, um, honest good, heal themselves and help the world in whatever small way they could. And so our first conscious festival we went to was a, was a brilliant festival called Colour Fest, which I think no longer runs sadly due to the pandemic. Um, and it was in near Bournemouth on the south coast, I think, in Gaunt's House. Wonderful. It was a, a manor house with lovely grounds. Uh, weather was absolutely fantastic. Um, and we had a brilliant time there. And it was at this festival that I saw there was something called men's work. And I was really, I, I could maybe take a guess, could have taken a guess at the time, but I had no idea what it was or what it was. But I was really interested to try these different workshops. For those who have not been to a conscious festival, the main bulk of activity is based up of workshops and dance. So from morning till night, there'll be different workshops on intimacy, meditation, yoga, Tai Chi, healing, dance, exploration, theatre, all sorts of things really. But I was really intrigued by this men's work offering at Colour Fest. I think it was a, the Maybank holiday in 2018. Uh, I had some very, very profound moments in this men's, men's many profound moments, which I'll tell now. So I went in, there was probably quite packed, but about 40 men, I would say, in a smallish tent or a mid-sized festival tent. Uh, and one of the first exercises that really struck me is that we were we had to team up with two, up, two other men, so we were in a triad. Um, and one of, the, one of the men had to receive a welcoming and a thank you from the two other men. So this, this might sound quite weird to verbalize this, but how it went down, so we'd all sit on the floor. Um, let's say I was the one receiving this blessing, we call it. So I had one man to my left and one man to my right sat down on the floor. And the one man on the right would say, welcome. And the one man on my left would say, thank you. And this for me, this would, it, each man would get a, a go at receiving this blessing, this welcoming. And each man, would, it would last for six minutes. Now that sounds, it could be a short time, could be a long time. But it sounded, at the time, it was a bit shocking really. And I thought, God, this is a bit weird. I'm not going to go for it anyway. I'm in the workshop, so let's just crack on. Um, and in it, I was just, I was quite shook by it. I almost wanted to cry. I haven't really cried for many years uh, then. I wasn't really a big crier. Uh, and I was really, it, it shocked me, the intimacy that was that was brought up between me myself and the two men. And I really had to hold back the tears, which maybe wasn't maybe the right thing, but it was right for me at that time. Um, and then I did the same for the other men. And one of the men, he, he was quite kingly or sat very well in his king. He received it very well. And the other man in my triad, he looked visibly shocked like I did. He was really receiving a blessing, a welcoming. It's almost just to say, you're welcome on this planet. You're welcome here. This is your welcoming into masculinity almost. And as I looked around for like a, a, around the hall, I could see men really weeping in other triads across the hall. This was deeply shocking for me. I'd never ever really seen men cry, maybe at football matches and so forth, where men are permitted to cry. But this really opened things up to me. I was really uh, flabbergasted, but interested and also very delighted almost that this was a, a safe space where men could really, could really cry and let loose with their emotions. And so this is, this is the first profound thing. And I thought, oh, there's something in this men's work. It's very strong. I don't know what it is. I think it's vulnerability and intimacy and connection. But I hadn't really, I wouldn't say I've embodied, I had embodied those uh, ideals yet, or those qualities yet, although they were, they, were, they were soon coming. So this is the first time I'd really felt like, wow, this men's work is quite powerful. 
And now, very shortly after that, the second, almost differently, but equally profound moment of this men's work journey. So after we did the triad, the hello and the welcoming, we stood up and we had a shake off and we let go of the exercise. The next exercise was what I can probably see now as authentic relating. So each of the 40 men in this medium-sized festival tent had to walk around and we'd be walking, 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 walking along. And the facilitator would say, stop. And then the man you were closest to um, you would have to ask them, I think a question like, how are you really? Or what's what's live for you in your life? It's really just getting to know the other the other people. And you had to do this while looking in the eyes of the other man, which at the time was still quite shocking to me. I've never really done, and still haven't done that much eye gazing. Um, so I stopped by this lovely guy, British Asian guy, British Indian guy called Harnik. Um, and I said my piece, I can't even remember what I said. And he said to me, um, I'm scared that I'll never have a relationship before I die. And I was like, that's a bit of a strange thing. He's like quite a young guy, tall, handsome guy, probably in his, I think Harnick was about 30 or 31, so in his early 30s then. And he said this, I'm scared I'll never have a relationship before I die. And I was like, I tried to fix him. I wouldn't do that now, but I tried to fix him. I said, oh, don't worry. You're all right. You're a young guy. You're handsome. You've got your life, full life ahead of you. Of course you're going to have a relationship. And he goes, well, no, actually I'm, I'm on stage four cancer. Uh, I'm in palliative care right now and I'm trying to save my life. And I was like, wow, that is a huge thing to drop. I've never really held space or even witnessed or even heard anything, that kind of intimacy to say, I am close to death. And I've got cancer. And that was really, I was quite shocked and taken aback, but I kind of managed to gather myself and uh, I kind of uh, was it's almost like I couldn't, didn't know what to say. And I said, oh, there, there, or some, some sort of bland platitude. But I was really struck by this, and I, and I, Harnik and I said, Harnik said to me, if you'd like to talk further, we can talk about outside after the, the scheduled session. So once it all finished, went outside, met Harnik, lovely guy, and we had a long chat for about, well, long as 15 or 20 minutes, and I really kind of asked him all these questions about what he was doing, how he was living, like what it meant to him to be close to death, and he gave some beautiful answers. He didn't believe, I think, he didn't believe in chemotherapy. He's very much into mantra singing. Uh, he's a spiritual guy. He's into his yoga uh, as well he could, being a stage four cancer cancer patient. Um, and he was doing something called singing for my life, which he would be reciting and chanting uh, Sanskrit mantras every day in order to bring joy and vitality into the vessel. Um, and he's also doing lots of yoga where he was able. He was actually at the festival with his mum, who was supporting him at the time. Um, and this for me, I was really struck, wow, this is one of the most profound conversations and truest and realest conversations I've ever had with anyone. This is a real thing. This is where literally life or death is on the line here. Um, so taking this away from, uh, so taking this away from the festival, I was like, wow, this men's work, this is powerful stuff. And I must add on, um, before I move on, I stayed in touch with Harnik. We stayed in touch through Facebook and through emails. And when I met him, it was May 2018. And sadly, Harnik passed on, I think it was April the 1st, 2019. He died from his cancer, very young, very sad. Uh, myself and part my partner in Dharmasala in the mountains in India, we lit a, a candle for Harnik on the 1st of April. And it's just another beautiful soul returned back to the universe or returned to the ether. Maybe gone too soon or maybe that was his soul path. And uh, that profundity, profundity continued with me. 
So uh, a blessing to Harnik uh, on this uh, on this podcast episode, if I could give him one. And so coming back to the story, so this men's work, that was my first entry into men's work. I found it incredibly powerful uh, and really penetrating into me, into my psyche. And I was like, okay, I'm really allowed to be myself. I can really share myself. And it actually felt scary, but wonderful. And even better than that, I would see men as well really sharing themselves. And I, one of the realizations was like, God, it's not just me who's messed up. There's, like, there's so many people that are messed up. At the time, I was going through coming out of addictions and really finding myself in a healthier sense. And it was wonderful to hear other men sharing, yeah, I'm really struggling with life and this is how it really is. I've been faced with constant barrages of superficial ideas of success from working in the corporate world where everyone's happy, everyone's successful, at least from the surface. No one can really share their burdens or their depressions. So this for me was a revelation and I quickly delved in, or it dramatically dived into the men's work scene in London, which is where I was living in time. So I found uh, the men's, I think it's Men Speak Network. They were brilliant. I attended many meetings off and on. Um, I found the men's work groups here and there. Uh, I continued to get into men's work and I really enjoyed meeting different men on the journey, being in a men's group in 2008, later 2018, um, and all the way through 2019 as well. I really felt over time, my sense of myself was opening. What was really opening for me was connection. Now, this is the word I've never really, I had no idea. I mean, I obviously knew what the word connection was, but I didn't really know what true connection was. And it's until I started going to men's groups that I didn't really realise what connection was or how to really connect with people. I mean, I'd, I'd previously I connected people when I was on drugs or in a, in a club or a rave um, and would be on ecstasy. And I thought, oh, well, God, that's really lovely to be in that, that sort of sense of connection. I'm really kind of in and they're in with me, this person. And we're really co-creating or we've got a symbiosis. We're really creating something together. We're connected together. But that was all... In the ether, you know, that was uh, on drugs, getting wasted, whatever. And, you know, as soon as the drug wore off, then I would return back to normal, which would probably be quite mask-driven or a lot of masks and not trying to hide my vulnerabilities. But here with this forum, these brilliant men's groups, these men's circles, this is a forum where I could really find that connection that I loved when I was on MDMA and ecstasy, but have it sober and have it all the time. And so this is what really struck me, this connection with other people. I was connecting truly. I was being accepted for who I really am. And I was accepting other people for who they really am. And this, for me, was another revelation along the path of men's work. Um, so let's fast forward the story a bit now. Um, I just got to give a shout out as well. I was at another men's group. It was November 2019, so a few months before the pandemic hit. We had a very, now it's a very close friend of mine, one of my closest friends, a guy called Darren. Uh, wonderful man. Um, and uh, this just, uh, I met him in a men's group and we shared some deep, deeply vulnerable information about our lives with each other. And we both held the space for each other within this framework of uh, the men's group in Camden, as it was at the time. Um, and it just struck me, yeah, I, I was making something to make some wonderful, close and connected friends, not friends that would talk about the football or women or, you know, doing drugs or what's going on in life, which is equally important, which is important. But these are men I could really connect with at a heart level. These are people, these are warriors, heart-based warriors, vulnerable warriors that are willing to show their hearts and show who they are, warts and all. And I felt if I can accept that and be accepted myself and find friendship and camaraderie and connection with these people, these are men for me. These are my, these are my type of people. This was my tribe. And that was a real revel another revelation. It's like, oh, okay, this is my tribe. It's men's, men, men, men's work people, men's people, or people that are willing, willing to be vulnerable 
and truly share who they really are with each other, to really be accepted, to speak from the heart, literally speak from the heart's heart. So yeah, so this brought me on to, I think I've had enough experience, I've probably had about 18 months experience, so I really sort of wanted to start to do my own men's work group. So I lived in Kennington at the time, in some very, zone one, zone two, southeast London. Um, and I thought it was, I couldn't really see any men's groups in my local area, which would be Vauxhall, Kennington, Oval, southeast London type of way. So I thought I'd put my own one on, why not? And I thought it came to me in an NLP, I was doing an NLP practitioner course um, and it came to me the name would be taking off the armor why because I feel like I've de-armored myself I'm taking off my armor my chains you can imagine my chain mail I'm taking off that emotional armor and I'm just letting myself be as I am without this kind of this, this mask this superficiality these veneers that I was wearing and with a, would attract the men that also wanted to take off the armor so I started running these men's groups in January 2020. We did one in January, one in February. We had 10 people in a room in Vauxhall. I found uh, various friends, people I've met in men's groups, people I've met on men's retreats, uh, people I met in healing retreats. Uh, and we, I found a really nice group of people to come together. And we had two meetings in the Bonington Centre in Vauxhall. And then March 2020, we were just actually myself and a friend were planning a day retreat based in the Surrey Woods. And on the very day this retreat happened, was meant to happen, um, the whole world locked down. So that means we needed, like the whole world, needed to move on Zoom. And over the next, God, I think it's probably almost, let's say, eight months or a year, the rest of the year of 2020, we held fortnightly, then weekly, then monthly, then fortnightly meetings between all the men from the men's group. Some men would join, some men would leave. Uh, this went on and I really felt I forged my skills as a facilitator to be able to help and enable the conversation of men to really come out and really help heal themselves if possible or at least kind of find a forum where they can really be with themselves. Um, so this carried on, this kept on moving forward. I, uh, by the end of 2021, I was getting a bit bored of, uh, by the beginning of 2021, I was getting a bit bored of men's groups and I felt I needed to take a bit of time for myself. So I took a, time, a lot of time off men's groups. Um, I think almost took a year off. I did the odd group here and there. Uh, I was working on other things. I was working on the coaching side of my life and getting coached. So that, that kind of took over before the men's groups left off. But coming back to 2022, let's get it to the beginning of 22. I'd heard from a friend that a guy called Darren Deerji is, has created a wonderful retreat called The Wild Man. It's a men-only retreat. It's not pampered bullshit. It's not living in a being in a spa and getting a hot tub. You're camping in the woods in March in the UK, which for those who don't know what that's like, it's very cold. It'd be like close to zero or at least in, in single-digit figures temperature in the night. And it is getting back to your wild man instinct, your warrior instinct. Um, and I did this retreat. It was a, a Friday to Sunday retreat, camped in the woods. It was wonderful. It was brilliant. Got involved and I really got in touch with my inner warrior, that man, that person, that archetype which sets boundaries which sets clear identities or clear boundaries of where I find acceptable and I not find acceptable. That will to carry on going, that fighting archetype, uh, fighting, not literally fighting physically, but fighting for my life, my ideals and my boundaries. Uh, and then I thought, God, I'm really back on the men's work scene. This is brilliant. I really love being with men again. So this led me back into another retreat, Men's Edition with the wonderful Sack Avery and Lawrence Toy. Check them out. Um, this was a week-long retreat in Kaimabon in North Wales, near Sidonia. And this again brought me back to how wonderful 
uh, men's work is, how brilliant and how harmonizing it is to work with men. For instance, on this men's tradition retreat, uh, at the beginning there's a lot of apprehension, a lot of tentativeness, a lot of anxiety on the first day. People didn't really know each other, they were trying to connect or waiting to see who was was. At the end of the day, everyone was hanging out, they were jumping in the sauna, super, it was super fun, super friendly, super connected. And that really worked. It moved through the week. It harmonized during the week. And it's lovely, lovely to share uh, this space with the men. And so that brings us on to where I'm now. As I slowly bring an end to this podcast, it's been quite a long one for me. Um, coming back to the title of this podcast, this is How Men's Work Saved My Life or How Men's Circles Saved My Life. For me, they gave me this brilliant connection after I've, I've shared all these stories now. So what's happened to me in the interim? So I went from scared, shy, um, someone that lived with no purpose, with a lot of vulnerabilities that I didn't want to share. Uh, I was quite a very closed off person. To where I am now, I'm fully immersed in the men's work scene. I have brilliant bands of brothers that I would consider the greatest friends or the best friends I have on this earth. People I love to spend time with. Um, I feel like I can really, sh- I've got a space, I can share my vulnerabilities. I don't need to shy away from not sharing who I am, I'm not sharing really what's happened, my struggles and warts and all. I feel that now I've embodied those lessons in my life. I feel much more grounded, harmonized and purposeful, yes, purposeful with what has happened to me and evolved for me from these men's groups. Whereas before I was working corporate, which was great, you know, it gave me a certain modicum of success and money, but it wasn't really purposeful now. I'm working with men. It's really given me this purpose to really help men and help others. I work with women as well to really help them reach this intimacy, this authentic space, this connectedness that I lacked for my entire life and didn't even know I lacked it. But now I have this connectedness. I find it so beautiful, loving and brilliant. Uh, And that brings us on to what I'm bringing out, what me and a friend are bringing out for next year. So I have started a new men's retreat, day retreat, a uh, new men's group called Rise of the Southern Within. And this is a proud offering to myself and my friend Paul Collinball, who himself has done years of work within, within men's groups and healing work and other shadow work he himself has done. We are bringing out a day retreat on January the 8th in London. That's a Sunday. And it's at the Lodge Space in London, beautiful yoga venue, healing venue in South East London, purpose-built for healing, for yoga, for practices of spiritual spiritualism, um, a lovely space. And Paul and I will be taking you through and passing on some of the wisdom, some of the learnings, the humblings and healings that we've both learned over our, I think, probably combined 10 years of doing men's work together. Um, we will start the day with an authentic sharing circle. What does it mean to be a man today? What have you got to share? We'll be doing some authentic relating, building compassion, building connection between each man who's showing up to do the work. We'll then move into a bodywork TRE. This is beware, we're really breaking through the physical shackles, the physical armor that has kept us held down and lacking that connection. In the afternoon, we're gonna move into authentic angle work. What does it look like to display and display and embody healthy anger? We have some games and exercises that are gonna help men get in touch with that healthy anger. And then to finish off, Paul will be leading us through a deep subconscious meditation and work where we really want to help men build the best vision of themselves, stepping into their king archetype, their sovereign. This is the sovereign that leads. This is the this is the archetype which will help you plan your life, which will help keep the architects in check, in balance, in harmony. 
And this has helped men build the kind of life they want to be. Are you, not, are you not happy in your work? Are you not happy in your relationship? What do you want it to be like? And Paul will lead through a long, deep and meaningful hypnotic or subconscious work to really be able to build that vision of your life. So these are the tools, a few of the tools that we've learned over the years we find that, that we, we found are most beneficial for helping with men. We would love to see you down there. Um, I will put details on it on the end of this, uh, um, on the description of this podcast and also leave a, uh, um, a little podcast ep- uh, description under the episode as well for you to join as well. We'd love to see you there. Please follow more and join more details. Um, we'd love to see you there. And that's it for me for now. This podcast is just under 30 minutes. It's a longer one for me, but I can really feel like I've had no notes, no preparation for this at all. It's all been ad-libs, completely off the cuff. This is how passionate I feel about men's work and men healing together. There is a certain space where women and boys will not enter or should not enter. That is a space where healthy and balanced men can meet to do the work together, to support each other as men as brothers, as we always had. And I feel that work has become fractured by society. But this, in our small way, Paul and I, this offering, and other men doing the work up there with their offerings, they're making that dent in creating a healthy masculinity and bringing, and bringing the healthy and divine masculine back to the forefront of society. Because I feel we, as a society, need healthy men, healthy leaders to lead into the next generation, to the next part of human history, What is it to be men? Men lead. They want to do it healthily, brilliantly, benevolently and in a balanced way, in a loving way, where all is included. And that for me is is finished this this episode. I feel quite uh, triggered, well not triggered, fired up by this passionate, I feel passionate, passionate speech. Lots of love. Thank you for joining for this episode. If you know a man, if you're a woman listening to this and you know a man that wants to start tapping into his healthy masculine Tell them about this day retreat on January the 8th. With love and gratitude, I'm signing off for now. Your host, Jonathan Merton, on the Light Through the Shadows podcast. Speak to you next episode. Bye-bye-bye.